Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, for the songs that have been sung, for time, opportunity to participate in the worship of giving. Father, we thank you for the videos today in a very humorous way, saying how precious and how valuable fathers are to the families. As we jump into your word, we ask that you'll just reveal yourself to us, that we will glorify you in all things. We declare that your word will rest upon the good soil of our hearts, and that we will grow thereby like trees planted by the rivers of water. And we thank you and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. I did have another video that I ran into, um, but uh, I said no, we won't do that one. But one of the one of the jokes in that one is um, no, it wasn't. It's another one that I know. Um, what is? I mean, how many seconds are there in a year? Does anybody know? Twelve. How many seconds are in a year? There's 12 seconds in the year. Second of January, second of February, second of March, second of April, second of May, second of June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. Yes. That, yes, that is true. Somebody keeps saying no, but it's true. It is. <laughs> One of the things, we have books now that have been uh, put together called the Book of Dad's Jokes. And Dad's Jokes are kind of like the joke or riddle that I just said. They just take simple and everyday things and just kind of put a little spin on it, kind of like the video of the dad mowing the lawn at two miles an hour thinking that he's racing a race car. But that's one of the things that we can discover about fathers. They sometimes don't realize how big the responsibility it is to be brought into this world as a man with the God-ordained responsibilities that come with that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, I don't believe we'll be here long, but if somebody keeps saying no, I guess we'll do as long as we need to do. We ain't calling out nobody. Don't look at nobody. Everybody just look straight ahead. You won't know if I'm talking about you. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about fathers. And for some folks, today is a day that when we celebrate fathers, it is does not resonate very well. There's some folks that when you talk about Father's Day, they just say this is just a day for the rest of the world to recognize how wonderful my daddy is. And then for some others, they have never met or interacted with their father, so they really don't know how they feel. But one of the things that I want to look at today is the definition of a father. The definition of a father is such. A father is one who 
begets a child. In Latin, it's a genitor or a generator, one who feeds and supports or exercises paternal care over another. A father is one who creates, invents, makes or composes anything, the author, former or contriver, a founder, director, or instructor. So although your biological father may not be involved, there is ample opportunity for us to interact with male figures that will help us to accomplish what God has set us to do on this earth. And so I don't want us to get so wrapped around what we don't have that we miss the opportunity to interact with what we could have. Now let's look in Luke, the 15th chapter today. We just came off of this, but I, I just want to bounce into this one more time. When we talked about the outcast, this is one of the first uh, set of scriptures that we looked at. Luke, the 15th chapter, starting at the third verse, it says it like this, English Standard Version. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having, hundred, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. And he arose and came to his father. This is the 20th verse. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard the music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who, was who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will rest upon the good soil of our hearts. We realize that today, as even back then, we can see how in society 
that sometimes fathers don't realize the level of influence that they have. We also see how in their ability to take care of their families, they miss out on what is most important. Society today has told us that you go to college, you get a good education, you get a good job, and all the rest of the dream will fall into place. But sometimes we get so focused on accomplishing specific things of that dream that we miss the most important part. The most important part is family. We see all too common today where families no longer spend time together. I remember back when I was growing up, I can't remember where, I can't remember who it was. It was either mommy or daddy worked at a, at a plant at the time. And every summer, we, they um, had opportunity to go up to the amusement park. Um, now I can't think of the name of it. Cedar Point to go up to the Cedar Point Amusement Park. And it was a time where all the families were together and that was some good days. But that was just one day out of the other 365, 366 if you was in a leap year. I just wanted to let that person that kept saying no, let them know that I was, didn't forget what they was talking about. All right. So sometimes you have more than 365 days. Now while the family could be well off financially, they are missing and starving and totally absent of their father's presence and attention. Which then in turn causes conflict within the family. So fathers, I just want to just tell you today that it's important for you to bring in to the family, but it's most important for you to be in okay. the family. Amen. One of the things that, that I have just started doing, I don't have any more babies in the house, but one of the things that I try to do almost every day right now is have dinner with uh, whoever's in the house. I try to have us all sit down together just to have some time together, just to talk about nothing or talk about everything. And we watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and just sit there and just enjoying one another's company. And it has become a time that I actually cherish throughout the day. And it is something significant to the family of sitting around the table. Back in the 50s and 40s, 50s, and maybe part of the 60s on the television, you would see it so much where the family would be sitting around the table talking about, Junior, what did you do at school today? And, 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 all, and that, that was the time that we would just fellowship together. If we could find opportunity to 
turn off all the individual electronics and maybe have the television on in the background but not really be paying attention to it but just having to know for some ambient noise but just sitting there listening to one another interacting with one another there's some very teachable moments in those moments but I also remember times when I would come running home from work to grab something because I had to go back to work and the babies would be sitting there eating and Lady Yolanda would be fin finishing up getting some things done and there were some times that we also had to just step back and say alright we're gonna sit down and eat together and you get some rolling eyes you get some you know some people clearing their lungs um, but it was a good time we have to kind of go back to that time of interaction I'm telling you, if you plant the seeds now, that they will grow up to be very beautiful trees that you can find shade under later on in life. Even though my children have already told me that um, I don't get to live with them, they're going to put me in a home. But that's okay. They, told, uh, they said I'm a little difficult, so it'd just be better if they put me in a home. So if anybody will have mercy <laughs> out there on Facebook land or, or anybody watching via video, if you have a place for an old person. I ain't old yet, I'm just saying. Just make sure you put it in your will if you go before me so I know I have a place to go. All right. So I'm just saying. Folks don't even want you. But anyway, so let's talk about, talk about this. You know. Even if your birth father, as wonderful as he may or may not have been, you have a heavenly father who loves you extravagantly. He loves you without measure. He loves you totally, and he loves you for who you are. He's a father that you can approach at any time and he has wisdom and advice for you and he shows no favoritism. And he promises repeatedly throughout scripture that he will never leave you nor will he abandon you. He will be with you in every situation. He will be there for you. And so we sometimes look at our earthly fathers and get a perception of, not sometimes, all the time. We get this perception of God based upon how we interact with our earthly fathers. Now some of that, as we live, we overcome those uh, prejudices, those stereotypes, or those things, and realize that God loves us even greater than our earthly father and that we realize that God will be with us no matter what even if we have been abandoned or no longer interact with our earthly father God will always be there for us and so it reflects back into our scripture for today our scripture was looking at the shepherd and the father 
the shepherd ended up having to go find the sheep. Now, one of the things I do want us to note about this situation was this. It wasn't once they went back home, he discovered that the sheep was missing. It's while they were out there. That means the father, this shepherd was always looking, always keeping account of. He was always there. And it reveals how our heavenly father is towards us. The shepherd was fully aware. He was fully engaged. He knew where the sheep usually hung out. He knew that the Jethro sheep usually hung out over there and the, and the, and the Nathan sheep usually hung out over there. You know, he knew where all his sheep usually are. And when he looked, he saw that a sheep was not in its right place. And not only did he realize it, he said he done walked off and gone somewhere, probably got himself in some trouble. And a picture that I have saw of this parable was the sheep had actually ran through some thickets and because they ain't got no better sense than to run around them. But he was in the thorns and his hair had got caught up in the thorns and he couldn't get out. So the shepherd had to go in and the picture was of the shepherd removing the thorns off of the sheep or else he would have gotten eaten by the wolves. We all have heard the story of the son, they call him the prodigal son, who went out and he did all these things. But the point that we brought out, even when we're talking about outcasts, was the fact that the father was constantly looking to see where his son was. Now, the son gone. He out partying. He out having a great time. But the father was looking for his son. He had confidence that his son would return. He didn't know how he was going to return, but he just knew he was going to return. And in that scripture, if you remember, we hadn't gotten to, we, had, we kind of skipped that part, but remember it talks about how as the son was approaching the house, that the Bible says that the father began to run towards him. Now, the son probably was thinking because he had did so bad that he was coming to whoop him, beat him, tell him he wasn't welcome or whatever, but it says that he wrapped his arms around him, brought him back in. You know, it's one thing that I've noticed. We, we, we do this a lot. We see this a lot on television with mothers, how the son will go out, the daughter will go out, the child will go out, and the mother will come back and say, come on, baby, come on, baby. But that's good. And it's kind of like church to me. There are certain things that folks just expect the pastor to do. There are certain things that folks just, mama going to accept you no matter what. That's what a lot of folks say. But when the father comes in and wraps his arms around them, and he speaks into their lives, it changes the entire atmosphere. It changes the trajectory of the child. And this is the same situation that I see in this prodigal son situation where he restored the son back to who he was. Now, even his brother said, why did you do this after he's done all this? And I love how he says it in that 20th 
I mean, that 32nd verse, he says, For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. He did this magnificent thing by showing his love towards his son in the situation. And so we can see how the shepherd find, going after the sheep, the father looking for his son, how this is a great example of how God is towards us. He's looking constantly for us. He's reaching out to us. He's looking to do in our lives what we need at the time. Remember I said if you need wisdom, he's available. If you're feeling lonely, he's there. He says he'll never leave you or forsake you. God, uh, David even said it like this. He said, no matter where I go, God is with me. He said, if I go up into the highest of heavens, he's there. If I go into the lowest bowels of the earth, even to hell, God is there. I cannot separate myself from God. And so we can always count on God. And so I want to just encourage fathers today. If you have struggled with being a part of your family, being present in your family's life, it's never too late to begin. You can start fresh today. And if there's some things that you may have done in the past, there's nothing wrong with sitting down with your family and asking for forgiveness and reconciling with your family. Now, I want to stop and put a pin in that real quick because it's very easy for us to say that I'm sorry. Very easy for us to say that I'm sorry. Especially when we compare it to asking folks for forgiveness. See, it's very easy to say, I'm sorry that I stepped on your foot. But when you say, please forgive me, for stepping on your foot. It takes it to another level. It removes the, I know you're hurt, but it says, I know I wronged you when you say forgive me, and I'm willing to take whatever punishment you want to give me to say that I know that I have wronged you. When you say I'm sorry, it's just like, yeah, I did it, now let's move on. But when you say forgive me, it takes a whole different point in the lives. And so if there is something that has happened in the past in your family and it becomes necessary, I'm saying to, in order to get your family, get yourself to the proper places and proper positions, it may require you to go get some professional help. It may require you to sit down with some uh, elders at your church and then begin to walk down the road to get yourself and your family recovered and to begin making those amends and restoring your family. If you're a wife, pray that your husband will fully step into his role as a husband, 
and Father. And he will seek the Lord together with you as you make decisions as a team for your family's future. Now I want I want want to say something about this also because you don't have to uh I'm trying not to say it funnily. That's why I'm adjusting. You take time to pray for your husband, and you don't have to tell your husband that you're praying for him. You don't have to tell him, but you can show him because when you begin to pray for a person, you actually begin to change your perception of that person. And it will cause him to have to change how he interacts with you. And that will cause both of y'all to change. I tell the story when we're doing marital uh, classes. I said that I was on one side of the bed praying, Lord, you need to change that woman. Yolanda was on the other side of the bed saying, Lord, you need to change that man. And guess what was happening? Wasn't no changes going on. But when we began to pray for God's best for one another, we realize that God began to do a change in us. So let's pray that your husband will fully step into his role as that uh, prophet, that priest of your house and the provider. And that he will begin to bring the family together and begin to seek God's way of maintaining your family. Now, I just, I got to talk to the children because, you know, y'all usually get left out, but I, I do, something came up in my notes today that I, I really want to say something to you about. Children, remember that even Jesus was by all rights superior to Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents, but he still trusted them and did as they asked him. He did this because of his love for his heavenly father and because of his love for them. How can you honor your dad today as Jesus did with Joseph? How can you do that? What can you do? Clean your room without being told? Mm, I know that's a big one. Take the dog out before he starts yapping? Oh, that's an even bigger one. Play nice with your brothers and sisters? Oh, that's an even bigger one. Lord have mercy. Do your chores without being told? Oh, okay, let me leave y'all alone today. Because y'all probably ain't your pastor. We don't like you no more. All right. But can you, can you show your dad honor that you appreciate all that he's done by doing what he said needs to be done the first time? Notice, the first time. Getting told one time. And not even having to write it down. You just immediately go do it. One of the things that I started doing as I got a little bit older was that when I was told to do something, I would stop what I was doing and go do it right then. Why? Because I knew that if I kept doing what I was doing, that I would forget to do what I was told to do. And then later I would get the repercussions of not doing 
So I just said, you know what? I'll just go ahead and do it now. And most of the time, mom and dad would be like, oh, you ain't got to do it now. But I was like, oh, yes, I do. Because if I don't, y'all going to be talking about, didn't I tell you? You know the worst thing in the world to have happened to you? is for you to be in a nice, good sleep. And you get woke up and get told you didn't do the dishes. That ain't, that ain't a happy feeling. Or you didn't take the trash out. Which means, get your behind up now. That dream you was having, you're not going to have it no more because you didn't do what you were told to do. So let's do it before, and then we don't have to miss out on the dream. All right? And so, the last point I want to make today is this. That... Uh, the Apostle Paul writes in, in the, uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 16, that as members of the body of Christ, it is our privilege and responsibility to support the men in our lives as fathers and as brothers in Christ. And for men, it takes courage to ask for help. But if a man approaches you for prayer, accountability, or advice, don't turn him away. If his needs exceed your ability... Consider whom to point him to, and if needed, offer to make an introduction. When we become known for our care and our support of those in our midst, we become a safe place where others can come to share their needs and ask for help. What we have to do, we have to become that place of refuge, that place where folks feel that they can come and get help, not that they're going to get chewed out, not that they're going to, you know, get piled on, but that they're going to come and find help because that's what love does. That's how God worked in those uh, parables, that when something was out of place, went and took care of it. When the person that had been a part of family thought they was leaving the family, they needed to come back to the family, treated them as if, you still family. I have a friend of mine who says that Christians are the only ones who bury their wounded. And we don't want to be known for that. We want to be those that help to restore people back to health. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers. I hope that everything goes well for you today, that your ties and the socks that you got today match, that the apron that you got for your barbecue grill was the type that you wanted, and I also hope that today you don't have to cook dinner because everybody wants barbecue. We hope that You'll let one of the kids, no, I know you won't touch your grill, that grill you got all set. But anyway, we just want you to have a wonderful day. Know that we as a congregation and as a nation, and most of all, as a church, appreciate you being selected to be a man on this earth. Because it's not an easy responsibility. But somebody had to take it, and God chose you. So we ask that you'll take it with all your strength, all your might, and that you will execute it 
with your utmost ability that you will give God glory in all of it. Now, you may be one who has had a situation and you are still holding on to the negativity that you've seen in your father and just believe that God would never accept you for who you are. But I want to tell you that God, no matter where you are or where you feel that you are, God wants you to be a part of the family. And this is a very easy thing to do. It requires you to make a decision. And that decision is to accept what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has touched you and you probably don't even realize it or know it. Because he did it so long ago that you weren't even born yet. And what he did is he opened up the door, opened up the way for you to be in the family of God. And it's quite simple. The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And that word saved means rescued, delivered. You're saved, rescued, delivered from the very power, penalty, I mean the very penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And the Bible says through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so today, we want to just encourage you, if you have not yet accepted Christ as your Savior, which will then connect you to the family of God so that you can experience the love of God, a love that has no limitations or bounds, we want you to do that today. And it's confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. And then on the couple more scriptures down from that one it says whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so call upon the name of the Lord he will hear your call and he will save you rescue you deliver you at that moment now this is a family affair this is not an individual thing and Although the confession is individual, you have a family of believers that want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. And so we want you to also consider finding a church of believers that, be, that are willing to encourage you and challenge you to be all that God has designated for you to be. Now, what that means is, if you are in the local area, you can... Uh, Link up with God's House Christian Church. You can go to our website, see more about us. You can email us at info at godshousecc.com. We will reach back out to you and get you established. And if you are somewhere out there in cyberspace and you've heard this today and you've made that decision, we would love to know that also at info at godshousecc.com so that we can help you along your journey and get you linked in to some lo a local body of believers that will assist you in maneuvering and being a part of this family. So if you do that, we will be more than delighted, more than happy to assist you. That's, again, that's info 
at godshousecc.com. All right, friends and family, with that being said, fathers, hey, man, happy Father's Day to you. Please consider what was said today. We want you to cause your family to know that you are there for them and not just there to provide monies. We want you to be a part of your family. They need you. They want you. They may not know how to articulate it, but that is what they need and want. Family, we all have a part in helping to uplift our fathers. Please do your part. Please do your part so that everybody can be uplifted. The, uh, there's a saying that the rising tide raises all ships. So as we raise up one part, it raises up other parts. So let's do that. Again, happy Father's Day to you all. And until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.